Welcome to the Trail Ahead. I'm your host, Trail Echo. This program has been brought to you by the Fortune John Co-op. I'm currently sitting with a special guest of mine, a cousin of mine, somebody I grew up with, and somebody who is learning ample amounts of their culture in the fact that last summer and finished 12 moose hides all last summer. And that's a lot of work. I would like to introduce to you Savannah Legacy. Savannah, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Just uh, finishing school, so I've been yeah. kind of slowing down a bit. Yeah. What are you taking in school? I'm taking social work. Becoming a I social wanted school. to uh, specialize in working with Indigenous children and cultural-based healing. That's really cool. Yeah. And cultural-based healing, what's, what is cultural-based healing? Well, there is currently already um, programs and things to heal culturally for Indigenous people. Yeah. And... What really started that drive for that education was uh, culture. I started doing moose hides about two years ago. Yeah. And since then, I have been so driven and focused on regaining the culture and to just learn everything I can and try to focus on healing the people through that culture. So that's really beautiful, wanting to like heal people through culture. But yeah, you mentioned that you started learning about moose hides. Um, what do you do with the moose hide? And why do you work on moose hides and process them? Well, the original reason for it was, well, the history of it is my grandma and so, man, so many people from my past have, de- have created, have done and worked on moose hides. Yeah. It was the source of their livelihood. They used it for food, for shelter, for trade, everything. Like, yeah. I don't know, there's so much to it on why it was the primary source for Indigenous people. Yeah, it was a huge source of income for a lot of people. For a few elders today, still, it mm-hmm. is a source of income. Making, creating moose hides. But making a moose hide, how long does one moose hide take to process? Well, if you're, if it's one person, it's roughly two weeks. But if you have somebody else, it's shorter. It just all depends on the, your drive and how hard you work, honestly. Yeah. Like, um, over the, I think it was from spring of last year till... November, my partner and I and our teacher, we did 12. 12. And yeah, it, we were averaging like, I don't know, maybe two months, but I don't know. It was pretty insane. I loved it. Yeah. I know I've got to come out and help you a little bit. And holy man, the next day I cannot move my arms. And you did that all summer long. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what we plan on doing this summer. Yeah. It's, I don't know. There's so many opportunities. Like it is such a dying art. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think it started from assimilation, treaties, confederation the just, indian act yeah just people not doing it anymore well it it was been stripped from people yeah just like your language just like anything yeah like it's it's lost and i i've taken on the responsibility me and my partner to carry it on yeah because i don't know anybody my age who does it that's that's really beautiful i love being able to see you do moose hides like it's inspirational to see you learning from your teacher madeline Oker, who was like a pro she did a similar starting story of starting moose hides right like she yeah came back to community. yeah hers hers is almost like i remember her telling me that she started from watching her grandma yeah on a small tiny frame because she's like i don't <laughs> trust you with a big one because like i said it was livelihood you can't make mistakes yeah what you're making is is gonna be based on how much you get back right yeah and that's yeah she that was her story she started from a small age and then for the longest time she wanted to carry it on but you know people are interested but they don't fully involve mm-hmm. themselves and yeah. 
as soon as we started, we just like kept going. Well, also I started because I was sobering up, right? Like mm-hmm. I was trying to live a clean life. Yeah. And, and I, found, I found that through yeah. doing this. Yeah. And is that where like the cultural healing part of like oh, your ab- life comes in? Absolutely. That's, that's how it started was I was like, I, there was something, it's almost like as soon as that substance was taken away from me and that lifestyle, I was like, there, it needs to be filled and I need to be fulfilled i need to feel something i need to feel passion and i just picked it up and it was almost like i don't know i was just so driven to it i just felt like my grandma i've never met her she unfortunately was gone before i could meet her but it just i feel so connected to her on a spiritual level by doing this yeah i know i've heard of quite a few comments of people like all of our aunties and uh they look at you and they're like, oh, look at Savannah. She's doing that movie side. Oh, she reminds me of Molly. Yeah, exactly. And it's beautiful to see and I love hearing it. And it makes my heart happy to see you doing what you do. Welcome back to The Trailhead. I'm your host, Trail Echo. This program has been brought to you by the Fortune Yarn Co-op. I'm sitting here with my very special guest, Savannah Legacy. So, Savannah, you just took us through what drives you, your motivation, your inspirational story of cultural healing and learning more about your culture and making moose hides and learning the entire process. Can you run us through that process a little bit? I can. Um, well, the first thing is you need to hide. So yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the most important thing. What and, kind of hide? Uh, honestly, what we've been doing is just moose, but yeah. we have collected uh, deer and elk and that's the one thing I want to do. Also bear hides, but that's for another time. Yeah. But um, kind of the rundown of how you do it is uh, you kind of like, honestly, it just depends. If the hide is dirty, you want to rinse it and wash it. Yeah. And then what we do is we cut around it. We put it on a frame. Yeah. So it's framed up. And then we use this bone. It comes off bull moose, uh, yeah. like a old bull moose. Okay. And you're using one of his bones. Which bone is it? Honestly, I don't even know. I think... <laughs> I haven't made one, but my my mom showed me how a little bit, and I think it's the back leg. I so think yeah, I think on humans like our shin bone. Yeah, I thought it was like the femur bone for the moose, but I don't I know. Don't. It's it's a bone, and yeah. <laughs> um, so the I think the best thing is like we do it all. We try to do it all organic. Yeah. So everything is all natural, and um, the yeah. next step is we flush it. So we're taking off all the meat, all the flesh, and that thin layer between it. Yeah, and that's on the inside. Yes, it's on the, the inside. Height? Yeah, yeah, and then. After that, once it dries, because it's obviously it's still pretty wet, yeah. like it's after that you flip it and yeah. you scrape all the hair off. And then after that, like honestly, scraping the hair off is probably the most difficult because mm-hmm. there is a certain amount that needs to be off. It can't be too much or it can't be too little, and that step predicts how the rest will go, right? Yeah. That sounds pretty tricky. How long did it take you to like perfect oh, that step? Oh, uh I don't even know. We're not professionals yet. <laughs> but um it's taken us over a year and we're yeah. still not there yeah. but we're getting there we're we're pretty close like our beginning product to our end product major difference yeah it major and i'm really proud of it but um anyway so after that after you remove all the hair you uh oil it what we prefer to use is bear oil yeah bear oil yeah so the objective of that step is to have the oil seep through the hide yeah because once it seeps through it, it's it's way softer. Like, yeah. that's the end goal. You want it to be soft, yeah. right? So after that, you soak it in water. Uh, well, actually, no. You're, you're supposed to put brains on it. Yeah. You can use 
any sort of brains. It's just used as a softener. Yeah. But what we've been using is sunlight dish soap. We just grate it and then we spread it evenly on the hide. Yeah. And then what after that is what we like to do is just to fold it up and leave it for a few days to let it soften. Yeah. And, and that's then, to let all the brains or the um, bear grease? Yes, bear grease. Yeah, the brains, bear grease, or sunlight soap seep into the hide? Yes, because you yeah. want it to be soft because eventually you're going to be pulling it, right? Yeah. Brings me to the next step is you soak it and then um, you wring it out. Yeah. The It's kind of hard to explain it, wringing it out, but when you're wringing it, you are stretching it. Yeah. And all like you're supposed to do it each each direction so that by the time you unravel it, it's all the water is out of it. And then ideally, if everything is correct, you would start pulling it. And that process is about depends on the hide. If you're doing a spring and summer hide, the hide is a lot thinner. So yeah. you could be pulling it for five hours. Mm-hmm. But if it's a winter hide or a fall hide, you're going to be pulling it for 12, 12 hours. Oh, wow. So what's the difference? Or I guess, obviously, that's like the time difference of like the work it takes for a spring hide versus a winter hide. But why is the hide thicker in the winter? Uh, just a winter coat. It needs like animals, just like any animal, they need a winter coat to keep them warmer. Yeah. Right. Like, um, it's just, I prefer summer hides myself. Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> yeah. It sounds way easier. Because <laughs> it's a little bit easier. <laughs> But don't get me wrong, nothing, no, no part of the hide is easy. Yeah. It's all work, but it's so fulfilling at the end of it. Yeah. It's so, like, you look at it. Oh, wait, sorry, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> so after um, pulling the hide, um, you flower it. You, uh, you hang it up. And what I was told people used to do back in the day is yeah. they used to get crystals. Crystals, crystals. from hills. Uh, quartz crystals, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah, they you would, can find them in, like, riverbanks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back in the day, what... Uh, Madeline was telling me was that they used to crush it up fine and that's what they would use to flush the hide because obviously back then I'm not sure if they had flour to constantly be disposing of but today that's what we use we use flour with a scraper and we just get all the flesh off once it's dry and then after that we we smoke it we sew it together kind of like hot dog style yeah (laughs) uh and then we smoke it we use rotten wood of pine trees yeah and after that well it just depends if you want both sides to be colored and you smoke it you reverse it inside out then you smoke it Mm -hmm. but so you'd smoke it twice if you want both sides to be a nice deeper color and that's also what makes finished moose hide smell amazing (laughs) yes yes after i'm done um (laughs) After I'm done smoking hides, I love it because, like, the way you do it, you... Because you don't want flame, right? You just want smoke. Yeah. And your hand has to feel for the heat of it. And when I do that, my hand gets permanently stained for, like, a week. And it's just yellow. Yeah. <laughs> but it smells like hide. But, yeah. That's that's kind of the whole process of it. Like, yeah. there's a lot more things in detail about it that I'm learning. But that's kind of just the short version of it. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so cool that you're learning it all. And, like... um I know you've showed me your finished project a few times, and every time I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, this is inspirational. It's beautiful to see somebody as young as you, just a young Indigenous youth, um, you and your partner, like, learning this cultural practice that's been done for time immemorial, yeah. as far as we know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. I feel very, very lucky, almost, yeah. that I am at this point in my life where I want to further this knowledge you know what i mean 
and just to be a part of it, mm-hmm. I just feel so filled. Yeah. Like you should have seen it. Like our first hide, we did. Um, John and I, we actually redid it three times. <laughs> <laughs> and man, when it was done, it sounded like a tarp. Really? <laughs> yeah. Versus now, today our product, like our hides are, they're like fleece blankets. They're so soft. Yeah. But also, Madeline was teaching us about it. So she taught us years. She's been doing this for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. So she's giving us all her knowledge and we're just carrying it on. Yeah, That's beautiful that you're learning all that and that you know so much to tell us step by step how to make an entire moose hide. Well, thank you so much, Savannah, for telling me all of that and sharing all of that with us. We'll be right back with the Beaver Word of the Day. This is The Trailhead and I'm sitting here with Savannah Legacy. Welcome back to The Trail Ahead. I'm your host, Trail Echo. I'm here with a special guest, Savannah Legacy. This program has been brought to you by the Fortune John Co-op. This is our Beaver Word of the Week segment. Um, so, Savannah, you mentioned a tool that is fashioned out of a bone out of a moose. What tool is that? That is, it's called a no-go-de. A no-go-de. Yes. Um, can you say that for me just a little slower? A no-go-de. A no-go-de. A no-go-de is a flesher yes um it's tool fashioned from a moose bone um and it is a tool that savannah uses in one of the steps that she explained to you in our last segment so thank you for sharing that savannah your beaver word of the week is a no good day welcome back to the trail ahead i'm your host trail echo i'm here with my special guest savannah legacy this program has been brought to you by the fortune john co-op Savannah, I would like to thank you for joining me today and sharing the processes of making a moose hide and your story and your personal story that's just in- inspirational to me as a cousin. Where can people find you? you Online? Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Um, you can find me at my TikTok account at Savannah Legacy. And that's where people can see videos of you doing moose hides yes i try to make a collaboration of all the processes to uh try to encourage more people to be a part of it yeah and if people do want to be a part of it um is there anywhere you'll be doing moose hides and working on moose hides yes there will be i will be at dog day in i think it's in may may 25th yes we will uh john and i will be doing uh, a few of the steps there so we could be there or we might be at profits cultural camp this summer so yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Prophet's Cultural Camp is a camp that happens up the highway, um, lasts about two weeks. Um, hopefully we can see Savannah there doing a moose hide from start to finish. You can see everything she said today. Savannah, I would like to thank you for joining me. You're an inspiration. <laughs> Thanks but, uh, for having me. Yeah. This has been another episode of The Trail Ahead. I'm your host, Trail Echo. This is my special guest, Savannah Legacy. Thank you for joining us. We will be back again next Sunday at 1 p.m. on 100.1 Moose FM and also released as a podcast wherever you find your podcast. Thank you for joining me. This is brought to you by Fortune John Co-op, Snitch Nea. Thanks for joining me.